The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Okay, so we are continuing on our meta pro- or not meta macro project of of trying to understand Shavuot and Bakasha, but then the this phase in it is the Shuva of the Rosh. I keep saying Shuva of the Rashba, the Pirush of the Rashba on Brachos uh, Daf Lamed Beis Ahmed Aleph. But really, it's on the Gemara and Avodah <laughs> He's writing on that Gemara Brachos, but then he like immediately goes to Avodah So we'll review and then. Um, we had questions that we raised along the way, but then I listened to Rav Pesach here. He gave on this on, I'm going to just access this so I can tell you the date. So it's uh, it was when Rav Pesach used to give um, uh, his own little shear with just me and Ken and Shai, uh, whoever else came. Uh, and it was on, um, uh, he did uh, guys, uh, on the on, uh, Rafa on Gada for a while. Hold on, my my uh, phone closed the window, so let me just click on it. So this was <laughs> uh, no, this is the YBT site. I think that was the uh, issue. Maybe uh, this is on June 9, thousand thirteen. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, so um, review. Okay, and I'm just using the PowerPoint for the review because remember we we finished the PowerPoint last time and I didn't make a new one. So you got Rabbi Shua and Rabbi Eliezer Machlokas. And the question is, what order do you put Shavach and Bakasha in? Rabbi Yeshua says you do Shavach, then Bakasha. Rabbi Eliezer says you do Bakasha, then Shavach. And my mnemonic, in case it helps anyone else other than me, is Aleph and Ask. Okay, that's my mnemonic. Um, so um, that's their Machlokas. And they both bring the proof from Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu in Devarim says, um, uh, says, how does the Puzzle start off? Uh, you Hashem have begun to show your servant your greatness that's Shavach and then let me pass over the yard in and see uh, going to Israel and that's Bakasha so Rabbi Shua says Moshe is a proof he did Shavach then Bakasha um, Rabbi Eliezer says yeah Moshe did that but Moshe was a great guy which the, the phrase is Rav Guvre his power is great but it means like he was a, a, a great person uh, so they both bring a proof from Moshe, so that's not going to help us. Um, Rabbi Eliezer is saying basically that, um, yeah, I mean, in other words, the fact that Moshe did it is not a proof that that's the norm. The norm is that you should do Bakasha than Shabbat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I actually forgot to think about Right. I actually forgot to think about that question. Uh, so when we get to the end, let me know if the ideas we have are going to answer that. Okay. Or remind me to re-examine it. Okay. So then uh, Rabbi Yeshua explains his reasoning about why you do Bakasha then Shavach. So he says, you can't just go and be Mavakesh. You need to make sure that you have the right ideas about Hashem. And he says, there's basically, whenever you ask um, anybody for anything, there are three like... Um, uh, binary checklist that you have to check off. Okay. Uh, binary checklist number one is, um, is, uh, are you asking, actually, I'll put this up. I'll say first, are you asking as a favor or asking for something owed? Okay. And for a human being, it could be either one. Second one is, are you asking because you're in doubt about whether they can do it or are you asking because you know that they can do it? And for a human, it could be either one. And then the third one is, are you asking this person as your only hope, or are you asking them because if, if they don't give you what you ask for, then you can go to someone else. 
So when we stand before, for a human being, then you're genuinely asking, but when you stand before Hashem, you have to recognize that one of those is false in all cases. So number one, Hashem doesn't owe you anything. So you're not, you're not asking, you're only asking as a matanas chinam, as a favor. Two is you're not in doubt about whether Hashem can do anything. He could do anything. He's not limited in his ability. And number three is you're not asking Hashem as merely one of many beings who can help you. Hashem is the only one who can help you. And and if you say, well, why can't you go to another person? Well, all other people and all other things in nature only operate by the will of Hashem. So if Hashem doesn't allow it, then it won't happen. And we read the uh, the fact that the first three brachas of the Shemona Esrei were established to remind us of these three ideas. Is The first bracha is Avos, where we say, the Zohar chaste Avos, Gomel chasadim tovim, and we emphasize that God is Gomel chesed, uh, that it's not uh, something he owes us. Two is Gvuros, we say, we emphasize the fact that he could do anything, even Machaya HaMesim, you know, and then three is Kedusha Sashem, where we recognize that God is Kadosh, and even the Kadoshim praise him because they recognize that all their power comes from him, so we can't turn it into anything else. And that's, um, and then the, 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 the punchline is, Rabbi Shua holds, you can only engage in Makasha after you review those ideas. Okay, so what does Rabbi Eliezer hold? So he holds that if you just leapt into praising Hashem, that would be Azus or Chutzpah, um, as if like you're the one who can like like just you know, hey Hashem, you're great. That implies a certain brazenness. Or like Rav Pesach in the Shir that I listened to said, it's kind of like how um, uh, with Kibbutz Avaim and Kibbutz Harav, like you can't be machria your parents words like let's say your your parent is scolding your brother and you jump in you're like yeah you know so it looks like you're supporting your parent but you're really equating yourself to your parent by doing that so it's kind of like uh you know it, it's reminiscent of that um the example of Pesach said in this year was you know it's like telling your your Rebbe good svara but like I <laughs> I feel like that has to be qualified <laughs> because I don't think that's intrinsically chutzpah um, but I, I can see how it could be chutzpah so first what you do is you have to be machnia yourself you have to humble yourself by recognizing how lowly and dependent you are on Hashem. And once you do that, then you can engage in Shavach from this place of dependency and lowliness. And, uh, and that's why we do Bakasha and then Shavach. Okay, so that was the review of the Rashba. We were theorizing, how do you define the Machlokas? And so we said, on the surface, it sounds like it's a question of what is the essence of tefillah, right? Rabbi Shua seems to hold that Bakasha is the main thing and Shavach is a preparation for Bakasha. And then Rabbi Eliezer seems to hold that Shavach is the main thing, but you can't just give Shavach, you have to use Bakasha as a means of preparing yourself for that. And then I believe we came up with a problem with that theory, or was it just, uh, it didn't sit well? Oh, I had a problem. Oh yeah, what was your problem? Um, that with like, let's say for example, with Moshe, right? Mm -hmm. To say that the Bakasha wasn't the example, like wasn't the, to or just in general, I guess, no, I think from that example, that like to say that the Bakasha was just like this extra thing. Um, right. And it was okay. just like, a yeah. Right, right, right. Was that the Humbling same thing with time, or was that, yeah, right, meaning, yeah, in Moshe's Bakasha, his essence, the essence of, the only reason he started talking is because he wanted to ask God to be led to Eretz Israel. So it's a, it's a weird in terms of the proof, Right. Um, uh, because it seems like he was essentially being Mavake. So how can Rebbe Eliezer say that he's only using Bakasha as a means? And also it was after, well, it was after the fact, but like, according to Rebbe Eliezer, if you just ask him, what was Moshe doing? He's going to have to say he was essentially being Mavake. And so that kind of throws off the whole theory that Bakasha is not the essence. But yeah, Isaiah? I feel like that's making a little bit of an assumption about like Moshe's that's true. intentions or like, it could be that, like, most of it was on a very high level. Right. Like, 
maybe he recognized that the right thing to do is to praise Hashem. Like, right. You could say, I'll, 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 I'll give a perush, right? You could say he was essentially praising Hashem and his bakasha was only a means of extending that praise to Hashem in the sense that if he follows people into Eretz Yisrael, then he'll be able to promote Yudhiyas Hashem more. Kind of like in the same way as in, in uh, Kaddish, we say, we or in a lot of Bakas, uh, we talk, we ask Hashem to make his praise greater in the world. Like that's not an act of praising, that's asking Hashem, which is a human praising. So it could be that Moshe is essentially just praising and then saying that my pra- my praise is lacking because I'm not following B'nai Israel into Eretz Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the reason why, I mean, I think it's, it is a, a valid question, but I, the reason I'm not so bothered by it is it's kind of a question just on the proof. And I'm comfortable saying that the Machlokas stands independently of the proof. Yeah. That could be also, right? He doesn't... Uh, well, it says Mikra Echad. Uh, doesn't say Mikra Echad Darshu? Uh, or am I thinking of the Gemara that I did? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lo Yafinami Moshe. You're right. Rabbi Elezer does not learn it from Moshe. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so that, that so he's getting his idea from another way. So that, that's that's a good point. Yeah. Is not the is not the essence. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Just in terms of Rebbe's Eliezer's reason. Yeah. That it would be closer to start by praising. Yeah. It's a little weird to me. Like I feel like you could say it would be closer to start by making a kasha. Yeah, I, I guess um, if you uh, if you uh, I'll give you an example that can make it a uh, click. Maybe is um, if you go to the king, uh, then you walk into the king in a state of begging. You know, like like the making yourself submissive. You know, and like before, the, like like you know, starting in that you're you're rendering the gavra into like a a nichna or I don't know if that's the word. What was that? Yeah, but I guess he's the analogy he was using was like making the um, it was like how an evid is dependent on his master. So you're recognizing it is a greater rec- asking for bakashos is the way to, to acknowledge that you are utterly dependent on your master. You know, right. I mean, I, I agree. It's not intuitive, you know? Right. Yeah. Speaking of not intuitive, I just thought of a more intuitive mnemonic device for remembering that Rabbi Elazar puts Picasso first is uh, Azar it is a uh, help. So that's yeah, good. yeah, that, that's much better. Okay. Okay. That's fine. I mean, they both were. Okay. So that, that took us for the end of the PowerPoint. I think we read one more thing in the actual Rashba, but we'll reread it now. Um, Oh, so Can I ask another question, question on this? Sure. Um, I feel like I'm still bothered by this um, definition of the Machlokas because... Oh, yeah. We, we, that's, we, we did not agree with that. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, I just, you're going to start with bothering you. I just okay, wanted, yeah. Yeah, we, we didn't say that that was uh, the, the definition. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think like, not that you can't say they're arguing about the essence of Tila, but I feel like it's it's a very like big thing to put on them from this ordering. Yeah. So I'll tell you, I'll address that, okay, which is that uh, we're not saying that uh, that they're arguing about the essence of tefillah. Wait for it, wait for it. Uh, oh, I am screen sharing. Am I screen sharing the Rashba? No. Or, yeah, hold on. Stop sharing, share. Still wait for it, entire screen. Yeah, the Rashba started off by actually saying 
So he says, now, now it's not saying that they're arguing about Inyan and Tefillah, but he's saying that this Machlokas reflects fundamentals in Tefillah, you know? Um, and uh, and so, like, it's, you know, even if I didn't hear Rapesach here, where he does make it sound like they're arguing about, it, <laughs> about fundamentals, uh, then I would still say that, like, I, would, I, I feel like the Rosh was giving us a little bit of leeway and when you think about what tefillah is, like if you look at tefillah de Raisa, the only requirement is shevach, bakasha, and hoda'ah once a day. Like, so if you are saying that there's a machlogus about whether you do the shevach first or bakasha first, it sounds like a major machlogus within the fundamental structure of the mitzvah. You know, it doesn't sound like a machlogus on a detail. And you're right in terms of your instinct to not make it a big machlogus, but I feel like given those two things, Rashba is like, announcement and then the the uh the how fundamental in the structure of the midst of this is it's pretty fundamental yeah I'm, yeah yeah sure yeah yeah okay okay so that we're going to answer today factually Okay. Yeah. All right. So l- l- let's go on. So, so the question on the table is basically what is, what is, are they really arguing about? Okay. And we, we have to do the whole thing to figure that out. Okay. So um, we, oh, the part that was not on the PowerPoint was the going through the first three brachos of the Shemona Esrei. Okay. But then we get to on page men vav. Okay. Um, yeah. Nope. In Mikeva Oh yeah, okay. So we are on yeah, yeah. Okay, so he had just been talking about the actual Shmon Esrei where you start off with Shava. Okay, so the Rashba says, Mikeva Esrei, He says, Don't think that the establishment of this Tfila poses a problem for Rebbe Eliezer, which we kind of wondered anyway, because just going through basic facts here, according to the Ramam. Tfila is do raisa, but Tfila do raisa doesn't have a set text. You just do shavak bakasha and hada. Oh, okay, fine. Let's leave Ramam out of this. Now, let's go with the Rashi's uh, premise here. He says, um, he says, don't think that the establishment of the Shemona Esrei poses a problem for Rabbi Eliezer. Alpha pishaisa kavua kin mechachne knesses hagdola hakodmim kamadors Rabbi Eliezer. Even though the chachamim of the uh, the men of the Great Assembly established it many generations before Rabbi Eliezer, the um, now, ours says, de dome le Rebbe Eliezer kemode bakach, but the footnote says, yesh goris demode Rebbe Eliezer bakach, which I think fits in much better. Rebbe Eliezer would agree with this. I don't know. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know what the dome is. Yeah. Um, how do you agree with this? Lefisha tefillas shmona esrei tefillas tziborhi. Because shmona esrei was established as a communal tefillah. Ratzalom, what does that mean? Kolelis kol hatzrachim umusukenes lakol. It includes all needs and it was set up for everybody. Even if you don't have someone sick in your household, you say the bracha of Rafaino. Someone who does not need uh, sustenance, Omer Birkasashanin. It doesn't mean that he doesn't, it doesn't mean he's a breatharian that he can live off the air. It means that he doesn't need like a livelihood. Um, he does he says And uh Shvachin Lakol. It's like reading a Parshas Shvachin Lakol. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's like Parsha Shvachim for everybody. And it's equivalent to what Rabbi Eliezer said about Moshe, that his power is great, or he's a great guy. That the congregation is is uh, is davening and praising through it. Uh, before we ask a question, let me just summarize. So he's saying, uh, what would Rabbi Eliezer say about the way Arshmon Esrei works, where Shavach is first? Would he disagree? Answer is no, he wouldn't disagree. He would say that, yeah, Tefillah Shimon Esrei is, is fine to do Shavach first because you don't run into the problem that you would run into of doing Shavach first of the arrogance thing because it's for the community. The question is going to be why. Yeah, Chaim, you have a question first? Two questions then. Uh, say it again. What? Uh, when? Oh, okay. So, you, so you're you're asking, well, what was Rabbi Eliezer talking about? He's actually not talking about Davin Bechidus in the way that you think. Okay. In other words, just to clarify here the facts, Rabbi Eliezer holds that it's not that you're davening in a tzibur; it's that you're davening with a shevach that was created for the tzibur. And and he doesn't make mention this one little point, but. But he mentions that it's for the Tibor and you're referring to all needs, even if you don't have them. But it's also in Lush and Rabin, right? Rafa'inu, et cetera. Yeah. So if you're going to say your own, okay. So, yes, that's going to be the, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to that in the next paragraph. Yeah. That's what they're, so I'll, I'll say it now, but we'll get to it later. What they are actually arguing about is if you're making a Bakasha, outside of the framework of Shimon Esrei on your own, then that's when the Machlokas applies. Rabbi Yeshua says you do Shavach Bakasha, and Rabbi Eliezer says Bakasha then Shavach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's so that right. Right. So so I'm going to make that into uh, question uh, part A and part B. Part A is how the concern he had about being chutzpah. How is that taken care of by the fact that you're saying a tefillah a tibor? And question part B is whatever that fix is. How is that comparable to Moshe? Because he's saying he's saying both. Right. He's saying the fact that it's um, parsha. Parsha Shavachim Lakol, that makes it Dome Inyan Inyan Moshe Rabbeinu, Durav Guvre. Yeah, that's going to be part of the question. Is there a footnote that's important here, 101? Ah, so I understood it differently. I understood it that, um, that all the Shavachim that you're doing is a like group Shavach. That that it is um, that all of Klai Yisrael is saying these these shvachim, you know, yeah. So how does that help Rabbi Elazar's problem of the? Uh, let's just reread the the lashon of the Rashi again because I think it'll help us appreciate it better. Um, on when he first described Rabbi Eliezer, he said on page Memhe, I think right. Uh, nope, he said it on the beginning of Memvav. Um, Rabbi Eliezer Ra'ashish Inyan Acher Gadol Ma'od Bahagdamas Shavach, Lafishu Meazus Eved Lahasdir Shvache Adon Hakol the Arai Uvalo Kavana Unamichus Lev Vira Vereses. Because it is brazenness on the part of the Eved to arrange the praises of the Lord of everything casually without intent 
and to do so uh, without intent and low uh, crushedness of heart or lowliness of heart and fear and trembling. Uh, so, um, therefore, he saw fit that is necessary for the request to ask first for your needs. And because of this, you'll recognize and sense your lowliness and your lowness and your weakness of ability. That you have no way to get your stuff without God. So how is that somehow taken care of from the fact that Shimon Esrei is, uh, was made for everyone? Right. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, I just thought of... Uh, from this, it does seem like Rabbi Eliezer would say that this isn't an idea in what is the goal of tefillah, like we, what we were saying seemed to, it seemed to be on the surface. Mm. Because he's saying you need to have this sort of lowliness in order to make in order to praise Hashem. Mm-hmm. But if there's some other, that's just like a require. That's like a mat here. Yeah, it's not like the essence of what tefillah is. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I don't know how to. Yeah, yeah. So um, there is a. Debating whether I want to mention this now. I'll mention this now, but the reason I'm mentioning it is not for figuring out this thing, it's for figuring out the Mach Locus. Okay. Which is um, and this is the first move Rafis I've made in the in the Sfara, which is um according to Rabbi Yoshua, there's only one way to do tefillah. Shavak Lokashahoda. According to Rabbi Eliezer, it's gonna turn out that there are two ways, right? That that Rabbi Yeshua is going to say, if you Rabbi Yeshua says, if you did Bakasha and the Shavak, it's just not tefillah. Yeah. And Rabbi Eliezer is going to say, well, if you're doing it alone, then Bakasha and Shavak is the way to go. But clearly, if you're in a Tibor or if you're a Moshe Rabbeinu, you can do Shavak and Bakasha. Yeah. So that's just something to keep in mind. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyone have an uh, explanation for how the fact that this is Batibor addresses Rabbi Eliezer's concern? I think this is only a partial answer, but like at sure. least it's prepared. You know, it was like prepared very uh-huh. cautiously, like okay. in advance. That, that, that that's that's not bad. Uh, that, that's uh, that that could work. Uh, I um. Uh, well, just to put it, Tamara's uh, statement in the words of the Rashba is it's not awry, right? Uh, it's not like you're like the way he said it. It's not casual. It's a formula, a formulated uh, thing, you know. And and if you attach this this quality to the awryness of it, the fact that you're just doing it like 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 just jumping out and saying like, "Hey God, you're great," you know, then uh, then you can't say that you're doing that if you're reciting the thing that was prepared by Anshik and Is that what you're saying, tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is it? Well, I actually hear the prepared. Um idea but also i think part of it is that everyone is doing this particular way of doing it it's like if one evid comes before the king then like yeah it would be praising him to start praising the king yeah. right off the bat but if all of the everyone comes to the king yeah then it makes more sense that they would all be able to praise him right okay good i, I have an analogy for that and i don't know if it's the best analogy which is um like if uh if you have someone who is a distinguished person okay and um, and they walk in and everyone gives them a round of applause. So you can't point to one person's applause and say, that's arrogant. Who do you think you are? But if the person walks in and one guy gets up and just starts applauding, like for the Rebbe or whatever, like, like that's a little presumptuous for you to just go and like, like jump into the praise like that, you know? So the fact that everyone is doing it, 
uh, makes it not haughty. Yeah, I think both answers are are are, are good. And I want to actually add to Isaiah's answer. I was just thinking that the um, I know I quote this Ramban a lot, uh, but this is one of the Rambans that one a person should quote a lot. The Ramban at the end of Bo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to quote the entire thing because that would be here all night. Um, the Ramban at the end of Bo explains the purpose of Tefillah Barabin. Um, yes, he does. He explains all the Yisodei Torah. Uh, so he says that the um, the the purpose of Vakanus Romus Hakol Betfilos. This is in uh, Shmos Yud Gimel, last pasuk, whatever that last pasuk is. Um, I'll say it. Hold on, gotta cite my sources. Uh, Twenty-two. Um, he says Vakanus Romus Hakol Betfilos Vakanus Bate Knesius Uzchus Tefila Barabim Zehu. So the intent, meaning the purpose here of the ex- the raising of voices in Tefilos. And the intent of gathering in shuls and the zuchus of tefillah barabim is this: that people can have a place to gather before uh, and, and and acknowledge to God that He created them and brought them into existence. And to publicize this and say before God, "We are your creatures." So I, I think that there is a certain. Um, uh, Humility implicit in just the idea of tefillah barabim, whether you're doing it in with the rabim or whether you're saying it as part of the rabim biyachidus of acknowledging that you are just one particular in this system of all Hagadah Baruch brios. So that also diminishes the uh, the um, what do you call it? the uh, arrogance. I think tomorrow's answer is the most uh, halachic, which is that it was formulated, so you can't call it casual. But I think philosophically, then I like the direction that Isaiah and I are going better. Yeah. Okay. So now, is that is that clear? Okay, so now the question is, what are they arguing about? And so this is the Rafael clarifies. He says, we're at the bottom of Memvav. Don't let it be difficult in your eyes what it says in the first chapter of Avodah Zarah, which is Ches Amad Aleph. Uh, it says the halacha is not like this one and not like that one, meaning it's not like Rabbi Yeshua or Rabbi Eliezer. Ella show Adam Shrach of Rather, a person should ask for his needs in Shemayat Fila. Okay, in the Brahma Shemayat Fila, right? What? Vitakshav, Kidahu Chachamim Divri Rabbi Yoshua, Shamar Shemisadr Shavakav Akrak Tefila. It would, you, you might think that it is saying we don't pass in like Rabbi Yoshua, who says that you arrange your Shavach and then afterwards you do Bakasha. Uh, because the Chachamim were not, uh, were not stated that way. Okay, so he's going he's gonna to explain to you the shot. In Cain, if so, if it's pushing aside both their opinions, so uh, there's only one way to do it. You either start with Bakasha, then Shavak, or the other way around. So how do you make sense of this machlokus? So here's where he explains Pshad. But oh, sorry, not yet. Sounds like the Shmona Esrei was established according to Rabbi Yeshua, right? We do Shavach and Bakasha. So when you do what the Gemara says, which is don't do like Rabbi Eliezer, don't do like Rabbi Yeshua, but instead put your Bakashas in Shmona isn't that going like Rabbi Yeshua because you've already done your Shavach? Okay, so now Rashba to the rescue. Ella Shadivri Rabbi Yeshua Rabbi Eliezer Lo Nemru Rak Al Hayachid Habal Levakish Tzrach of Hatrichim Lelashato. So the Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Eliezer are only arguing about a Yachid who comes to ask for his his needs in the moment. Im Yish Lachol Abzoch Beso 
let's say he has someone sick in his house, or he needs a, a livelihood, or he's doing tshuva, he needs to ask for mechila for a chit that came to his hand. So you're outside of Shimon Esrei. Like the, the whole thing is, um, is uh, let's say like you go to do bigger cholim, you know? So you're supposed to be mispala there, you know? Like, and it doesn't mean you bust out your Shimon Esrei, you know, it means you you say a tefillah, and this is like in the spirit, I'm going to add the Ramam here, because it's a good Ramam to know. The Ramam at the end of Hilchos Brachos Perik Yud, Halacha uh, Chavav says, this is after the Perik of Miscellaneous, he says at the very end, a person should always cry out to God about stuff in the future. And ask for mercy. And give thanks on to uh, what is in the past. And, and give thanks and praise according to his ability. And the way the Ram uses the phrase in the beginning of Hilchos Tila and Hilchos Siburitis Mitzrayim, it's mashma you do it according to your own language, even bizman hazeh. And the more a person thanks God and praises Him constantly, the better. So that means that like you should always be asking Hashem for stuff and praising Hashem. Okay, so I think that's the type of thing that the Rosh was talking about. Uh, and he says, "That's what they're arguing about." And and uh, according to their words, Shein Oso Hayachi Yachol Lishol Osan Hatrachim Lo Beemsa Habrachos Shem Shimon Esrei. So they, not only do they hold, are they arguing about the order, they hold you cannot ask for your bakashos in Shemayat Fila in the Shimon Esrei. Okay, uh, which obviously we possibly like the Chachamim that we are allowed to ask for that. They hold that when the Chazal made the Shimon Esrei, they made it only for the community, and for the asking of general needs. Therefore, you cannot add to it at all. Not at the end of each individual bracha in line with the bracha, and not in Shemayatfila. Uh, that's just referring to just again, really quickly. Um, if you are davening, I, I brought this up just because not everyone knows the halacha. If you're asking in Shemona Esrei for your own personal bakasha, you could do it in two places, either in Shemayat Fila, and that's a catch-all, or you do it in each individual bracha, um, in the middle of the bracha, or like before the end of the bracha, uh, in line with the theme. So for example, and then you could put it here, uh, you know, Please help me to convey Rav Pesach Sefarah about the Machlokas Rabbi Shua and Rabbi Eliezer correctly. Um, I wasn't actually saying that as a request because then I would have uh, had to find out how we passed. <laughs> okay, um, and then you say Chanimi Tchadei Avinu Haskel. So that's brachos. Uh, that's request about knowledge, or if it's in about tshuva, you could put, as long as it's before the end and it's in line with the theme of the bracha. Um, and I'm just suggesting that you put it here not between the Hasima and the Meina Hasima, because if it's not in line with the Meina Hasima, then you're in trouble, you know, like that it's a, like a, a hefsek. Um, that's what I've been told at least. Yeah. Okay. So we said that if they held it was possible to put your requests into the Shimona Esrei. So then they wouldn't even argue they can just say, yeah, if you have a need, just put it in, wait till you get to, to Shimon Esrei. So now it turns out that we have a more narrow scope of the Machlokas, Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Eliezer. We still have to figure out what they're arguing about, but it's only on you making your own personal bakasha. 
but they both hold that Shimon Esrei should be Shevach, Bakasha, and Hoda'a, and that Rabbi Yeshua holds that seemingly for intrinsic reasons, like you need to review these ideas about Bakasha before you do uh, before you do Bakasha. And then Rabbi Eliezer is going to hold that there's no problem of Azus. And presumably he'll agree with Rabbi Yeshua that like it's a good idea to review this. But they're only really arguing about the personal one. Yeah, Isaiah? Dude, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua hold that you're not going to say you're um, the of Tefila once per day with Shimon No, they did hold that you are Yotze that. And, and by the time that they were around, you have a chiyuv of doing it three times per day or two times plus Marif. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hold on just one second. Uh, yeah, this last point is a, is an unrelated point. So now we are in a position to define the machlokas. Now that we know what they're actually arguing about is a, is a tzorche yachid. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, you say it doesn't really? No. Oh, it does. It changed a lot. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the main change, just to reiterate the point that I made to Isaiah earlier, is Rabbi Eliezer 100% agrees that Arshman Esrei is legit, <laughs> okay? He definitely holds that, that in regular Shimon Esrei, you do Shevach Bakash and Hoda, and, and so he, he holds that you can do, I like, in other words, again, I'll just say the way I said it last time, Quinn Rabbi Yeshua, all tefillah is only Shevach Bakash and Hoda. There's no example of tefillah that's not that. According to Rabbi Eliezer, then there are two viable modes of tefillah, apparently, Shavah B'kash or B'kash Shavah for the Yachid. So how do you make sense of that, you know? Yeah. It's funny because the Rashba explained our tefillah, uh, the first three brachos to be set up in a way that seemed in line with like, Rabbi Yeshua. Yes, uh, yeah. Turns out that he doesn't want to apply to this, to that Rabbi well, not it, right? It's not a bad Shimon Esrei. Yeah, it's ironic. Meaning he would he would say like uh like oh it's it, it, it's uh, I like how people who follow the Chachamim use my shot in their sock, but don't make requests in Shimon Esrei. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Also, is I think we can safely assume that the Chachamim and Rabbi Shua and Rabbi Eliezer all agree with Rabbi Shua's idea. You know of the uh, uh, of reviewing this, and they all agree that Shimon Esrei serves that purpose. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's like I feel like Thinking, thinking. Outside of monastery, yeah. Like a hole in your house. That's the other. Was it? Yes. Yeah. 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 That, 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 that I think will help you with the uh, machlokas, right? Because yeah. Yeah. That's that, that, that's the problem. <laughs> that is the problem. Can we just go back to what we were saying before? Yeah. Uh, it's a machlokas about what's the essence 
when you're uh, it's a little bit different what I was for when you're coming to make a I guess what prompted you to do this thing yeah. is making a request of Hashem. What really should your the icker of what you're doing there be like? Should you primarily be Mishabeah Hashem and then you could ask like requests from him, or could you or is or is it like really more right to like ask requests of Hashem, but you need a Shabbat too? Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And you know, talking in the Mahana, really kind of in the And you know, I'm not going to talk about that. And you know, I'm not going to talk about that. And Okay, I, I think your intuition is is uh, is not far off from where Pesach went, but um, I, I'm just in the interest of time, could I say as far? I'll, I'll try to say as far. I hope this is accurate, and now you can listen to it. Um, but uh, first, I just want to make a methodological point. I remember um, I remember one time in Pesach here uh, in Gemara here, then. Uh, then like uh, everyone's trying to figure out the Svara and uh and then like no one could figure it out and he said uh said uh before he gave a Svara, he said okay here's the, here's the mistake you guys are all looking for a qualitative Svara. this is a quantitative Svara. <laughs> and we were so used to looking for qualitative stuff you know so i think there's a similar thing here is that we're all so used to looking at things in terms of essence and accidents so that's my preface to his Svara. okay so review is the easy one so it's mock on what is uh, tefillah. Okay. What is tefillah uh, essentially? Okay. So Rabbi Yoshua says tefillah is bakasha lifnei Hashem. Okay. So the essence is bakasha, but in order to do it lifnei Hashem, you need to <coughs> recognize before whom you stand. And that's why you go through all the things beforehand. Okay. According to Rabbi Eliezer, there, there's the essence of tefillah is omen lifnei Hashem. Okay, and there are not different kinds of Omen Lifnei Hashem uh, fundamentally. In other words, that uh, Rapesa gave other examples. I don't know why he gave these other examples, but he was saying how, like, whether you're doing Bakasha or Shira or Hallel, it's all Omen Lifnei Hashem. And, uh, and, but the essence is that you are Omen Lifnei Hashem, you know? And so the, the best way to do to be Omer Lifnei Hashem would really be the way Moshe Rabbeinu did it, is Shevach, Bakasha, and Hoda, and that's why the Chazal said of the Shemona Esrei that way, but we have a problem, which is this problem of our Shevach will not be good Shevach and will actually interfere with our, our being Omer Lifnei Hashem, so we have to make recourse to this other method when we want to do a Bakasha, which is to which is to um, to be Mitzarif, our Bakasha, to a Shevach that's genuine because we it comes from a state of recognizing our lowliness, you know. So I think that's what your intuition was picking up on. That like the essence is something like it's not the essence is not bakasha, you know. But we can't go so far as to say the essence is shevach because then that kind of undermines the whole case that they're talking about, you know. Mm-hmm. So the essence is just your omelivnei Hashem as a creature with needs. 
That's really what you're doing here. You know, when when you're at Yamsuf, you're only living Hashem as a creature who's praising God for Geula. When you're, you know, and that's really what what it's all about. And that's why he has this flexibility of of as long as you're only living Hashem, then you're you're doing an activity of tefillah. Yeah. What does the other side say back to that? Like. Not so he's saying that that there are other ways to be only with Hashem, but that's not what tefillah is. Tefillah is specifically being specifically being mavakish, like uh, being mavakish with Hashem, uh, and the bakasha is the essence. And if you don't have, if you don't get your mind in working order before, like going into the bakasha, then the bakasha is uh, is lacking. Um, and Repesach mentioned one more point also, which was that um, what would Rebbe Eliezer say uh, about if you're in, let's say, like, um, like it's, it's okay. Hold on. I forgot how he got to this in the sheer. Possible that this is no longer relevant, but I'll say it anyway. No, it's not relevant. I won't say it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that's what I remember from the sheer. Uh, so yeah, and again, it, it's worthwhile listening to this year. It was two a two part sheer, and they're forty five minutes each. But it's good seeing how he works it out because he kind of like works it out in the sheer. But I think that was the essence. So let's just read the last paragraph because I think this is a side point. The, uh, and I, I don't know if there are ideas here because I don't think he read this in the shir. Maybe um, So, so the fact that the Gemara says not kedivrezeh and not kedivrezeh, but rather ask your needs in shemet Okay, sorry, that's a separate point. He didn't even go over that in this year. I just remember there's one other one other point we didn't explain, which is why do Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Eliezer object? To being mavakish for your own needs in Shemayat Tefillah, like the, he said, he said something here earlier. He says because it was niskan for the tibor, but can we understand that machlokus more about? Yeah. Oh, with the azus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that does fit in with Rabbi Eliezer. I don't remember what Pesach said, yeah. but yeah. What we instituted for the tibor is this like a qualitative? Is a different like action you're performing a different thing. So like going into like that tefila is just like not doesn't fit with the rest of what you're doing. Yeah, I, I, I'll give you an analogy that is along those lines, and this is not defined obviously. But like, let's say you go to like a town hall meeting, you know, and the purpose of a town hall meeting is to talk about communal needs. And you just raise your hand and like ask like if if like you know you can like rezone your own house, like that's just not the place to uh, to ask for your your needs in a communal venue. So like intuitively, I'm sensing that that's like is that what you like it's not the right activity. Yes, yeah, so, like that's Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua. But now according to the Chachamim, that you can only ask for it. Yeah. Uh, what do they say? They hold you uh, well, uh, okay, uh, that's what. See, but by the way, just a, a, um, a what do you call a um, disclaimer here? This was in the days of the recording shear. I don't know if Rupesak does this now, but this is when we had the switch to flip. Yeah. So not all of the discussion was captured. Oh, oh, yeah. He does. Okay, fine. So I, I, I don't know. I think they did talk about this because there's part of this year where they're talking about Tefilas Nadava. Yeah. 
Um, but I, the, the way I remember him saying it was that the Chachamim hold, you have to put your, your request into uh, the communal tefillah, but I could be misremembering that. Oh, yeah, low tefillah, low yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, so what's their objection? Well, I guess, what's their objection to to sing this individual tefillah? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I mean, it sounds a lot like um, like like Rabbi Eliezer's idea, but for Vakasha, that there's like there is a certain osis of just like standing before God as an individual and asking for stuff, you know, and that the only way you can do it is to be kolel it in your uh, in your shmo, shmo your tefillah Yeah, I was gonna say maybe the Chama would argue that they were what they were was like a time of woman was finished. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's not. The royal time to to have your feelings is when it's in the time that they were. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there are a couple of approaches we can take, and I don't remember what was said in this year. Um, just to to end for today, uh, uh, let's just talk about for next time because obviously we have not exhausted the subject of Bakashan Sheva. <laughs> okay, that's a big subject, but um, I I am getting a little excited about this other Paracontilum that I've been working on, so I'd like to do that. And then what I think I want to do is I want either to find another thing like this where a Rishon talks about Bakashos or to to um, to try to uh, get uh, insights from both sides is find a Perik of Tehillim where Bakasha is like the essence and we can see how David Amalek does Bakasha and get insights into Bakasha from him because he is the one who's teaching us how to like modeling uh, Bakasha, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, or another Gadza. Like, I, like uh, I'd be down for another Gadza that has to do with this also. I would be curious about how the Hoda Yeah. Yeah, Hoda is uh, apparently they all agree Hoda's last. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Until next time. Thank you for coming. See you later. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.